Sports Radio 104.3 The Fan. Every Saturday morning, it's Terry Wickstrom Outdoors. Terry takes you inside the outdoors. You know, hunting, fishing, camping. It's Terry Wickstrom Outdoors. Now, here's Terry. Good morning on this uh, beautiful, beautiful day up in my studio in Fort Collins. I'll tell you, we had some great weather yesterday. Karen and I actually got out on the patio. It's... uh, Things are changing, but you talk about changing weather. Of course, if you know, we didn't do a show last week. We uh, were being preca- taking precautions because of the big storm, and there's still a lot of snow on the ground, but it's melting fast. We're going to get a little mixed weather coming up this next week, and then I think we'll probably turn the corner. We'll start seeing, you know, we get some bad weather this time of the year, but we're going to get some great weather. Boat ramps are starting to open. Boyd is open. Uh, Brad Peterson was out there. We'll um, get a report from him probably next week. Uh, Nate will join us with some open water walleye fishing reports next week. So we got a full show for you next week. Today we only have an hour because of the NCAA, NCAA basketball. Um, hopefully some of you had Oral Roberts. What an upset that was. But um, we're going to talk some turkey hunting today. We're going to talk about getting ready for big game. And we're going to take you to one of uh, Colorado State Parks that has a lot of activities going on. So we've got a lot to cover. With that, let's go right to the phones. And uh, joining us from Jack's Outdoor Gear, he's the hunting and fishing buyer, is Tom Frank. Good morning, Tom. Morning, Terry. How are you today? I'm doing great. It's, uh, you know, we're getting to the time of the year when I know people have been cooped up a little bit. We had this weather, but um, there's going to be a lot to do. Colorado year-round has a lot to do, and we're really going to, every season just brings new opportunities. And as you well know, at Jack's, uh, we saw a real increase in the number of people enjoying the outdoors in Colorado and around the country with COVID and everything that went on. Youth sports were down. Trips were down. A lot of people either went to the outdoors for the first time or rediscovered it, or they're getting more involved than they were before. And every survey I see says that a huge percentage of these people are going to stay in the outdoors, make it part of their regular activities. And there's one activity in Colorado that, when people get involved, really seems to create a passion, and that's turkey hunting. And I understand that's one of one of your passionate pursuits in the outdoors. Is that right? It is, Terry. Um, and one of the nice things is, um, you know, the outdoor sector actually in Colorado has been growing even before this year. I think um, parks in Bradford up twenty percent in participation the two previous years even before this year and one of the nice things with that is the turkey hunting opportunities um have grown with um those increased participants and especially in the areas that those participants live well you know it's turkey hunting if you go back 20 25 years it was very limited in colorado it was a draw only and people who wanted the turkey hunt, a lot of them would go to other states. But then through the planting of turkeys, the success they've had, we have over-the-counter hunting throughout the state. We have a reasonable population in the plains, in the riverbeds. And then we have a mountain population. We have two different breeds in Colorado, the Miriams and the Rios. And there's, and turkey hunting, is because it's a calling sport, and you get into the animal's uh, comfort zone really is a different experience. Once people 
experience that type of a hunt, it really can grab you. What what first drew you to turkey hunting? What's the big draw that either drew you or keeps you there? Uh, for me, it's the interaction with the birds, um, especially in the spring season. Um, once you get into them and develop some experience for both calling and hunting the birds, where you start to grow your interaction rate, and that gets you know, you just keep coming closer and closer. The nice thing is, like, in comparison to elk, there's more opportunity. Yeah, I think you know. anybody who anybody who hasn't experienced one of the calling sports like uh, elk during the rut or even waterfall, but turkey probably is an epitome because, like you said, you get multiple chances. And there's something about when you have to get in an animal's comfort zone and make yourself in that stealth mode. Not only do you get that experience of interacting with the bird, but you interact with nature, seeing, you know, the little squirrel that comes right up next to you, the coyote that goes past over there, the deer or the elk that don't know you're there. It just becomes phenomenal, and it really can grab you. I mean, it's it's one of those sports that people, once they experience turkey hunting, it really can be passionate, but it can be frustrating too, can it, Tom? Uh, yeah, I mean, all, all hunting can be frustrating, um, but that's also, too, what makes the rewards when it does go right that much better. I mean, um, there's a definite diversity of terrain just along the front range and a lot of the habitat that um, the turkeys live in, so you can be so close you can't see each other to so open you get busted and you never had the chance. Um, yeah, a friend of mine... And as you, no, go, Go ahead. Um, as you start to put all those things together and it all goes right, um, you see all that magic put together at once. Yeah, it's, it's, it's a great sport. Now, there's a lot of people getting started. They're probably wondering a little bit about what they need to get started. Now, later on in the show, we're going to actually talk about patterning shotguns. But at Jax, you can really outfit a turkey hunter. Um, before we mm-hmm. even get into what's what's going on with the supply chain, let's talk a little bit about what does a beginning turkey hunter need just to get started? Um, just honestly, a face mask, some basic calls, um, and the front range, a good set of boots because you're walking those same hills that you walked during the fall season. Um, and some time, I mean, and preferably early on when you're hunting a hunt in a buddy system. Now, when, when you're when you're out, do you do much scouting ahead of time, or do you scout during the season? It's a fairly long season. Um, I have my place. I scout during the season. Um, you know, been at it for 15 years, so uh, my range is a lot smaller than it used to be. You know, this time of year, 15 years ago, I'd be running from Longmont to almost. The Wyoming border. Now I kind of have my areas narrowed down. Yeah. Well, and the, and the, the way the turkeys have expanded, too, the opportunities are so prevalent. It's really a, a great sport for somebody who wants to get into. It's kind of a crossover from small game to, to big game almost, and the way you approach it, it gets a lot of people thinking in those terms. Um, obviously, you're going to need a shotgun. You need ammo. You might. You probably need calls. Probably need uh, you. You 
you may need some decoys. Uh, what's going on with the supply chain? I know last year everybody had trouble getting ammunition, fishing gear. Are things catching up, or do you see any potential problems and things people should maybe be buying early right now so they make sure they have it? Um, it's still going to be a tough year. A lot of the factories are saying they're only going to be delivering at like 60 to 80%. For most of the years, the hardest thing is going to be ammunition. Um, you know, one of the nice things about Colorado is a lot of people will already own it. Um, Colorado's rule on ammunition is 10 gauge and smaller, and then your shot size has to be size two or smaller, either in non-toxic or lead. So needing a specific turkey shell is not an absolute, um, but with that wide a bevy, um, there's a lot of options out there to use. And and the stores you have how many stores up and down the front range do you have that that carry the the gear for turkey hunting? Is it seven or eight? No, there's seven or eight stores, but they're not all. They don't all have hunting, right? Correct. Six of them do. Six of them do, and that's there's Brighton and Lafayette in those areas. Of course, you have Fort Collins and Loveland. You have Cheyenne. You have two in Loveland, yep. of course. And so a lot of Correct. what about things? What about things like decoys and calls? Now, as an avid turkey hunter, do you recommend any particular call for those that are starting out? Um, I would start with a box call. They are the easiest to use. They're the loudest call in the woods. Um, you know, um, diaphragms are quite effective. Um, they obviously can make the most notes. They don't travel quite as far, and they're the most difficult to learn. But I know a lot of folks will have experience from big game hunting with them. Um, and then slate or pot style calls um, give you the mixture of call tones um, plus distance for sound. And you have most you of the change your material. Yeah. I went to the Fort Collins store. I was there on another errand and I went into the hunting department. They said they're actually pretty well stocked on decoys and calls. They echoed kind of what you said that ammo could be a little difficult and uh, guns. They said they're having some come in. So I would say people need to get out and buy early and, uh, and then go pattern your gun. We're going to talk about that later, but patterning your shotgun is so important. Don't you agree when you're turkey hunting? I think it's important to all hunting, you know, whether you're shotgun hunting or you're, rifle hunting and whether you're shooting something like uh, waterfowl or upland birds or turkeys, it's still great to know what your gun's capable of. Yeah. And yeah, know your capabilities. So you take an ethical shot and you understand if you need to call that bird in a little closer and, and it just makes it, you'll feel so much more confident before I let you uh, let you go, Tom, you also have an event coming up at your Fort Collins store that um, I want to make sure we mention it's your triple crown 3d archery tournament. And I understand it goes for three weekends starting next weekend. And then in April and may, this looks like a pretty exciting event. Tell me a little bit about it. Yep. So we have our annual triple crown shoot it next weekend, the 27th, April 24th and May 23rd. It's a 40 year old course. Um, and if you go to the website and go to the events, I'll have all the exact details for the different classes 
and breakouts. Um, it is a known distance course. And and it looks like you've got classes from the pro K <clears throat> all the way to the under fourteen. There's one, two, three, four, five, eight different classes to compete in with entry fees yeah. ranging from fifteen to fifty dollars. Just looks. I'm a huge proponent of three D archery because I think uh, you can sit and shoot at static distance facing targets. Uh, but when you shoot at 3D, you get a feeling for how that tar- that arrow would enter an animal from the angle you're shooting. And also, you get at some odd distances and positions that really in- improve you as an archer. So this is a tremendous event. And by the way, if people haven't been down and seen the archery, I think you have three stores, but I know the Fort Collins one has one, with an archery range. Those guys really know their stuff there and... Uh, you have an archery range where people can come in and shoot. You have a, you have a complete, uh, I think, a pro shop for bows there, too. Is that right? We do. Um, the only thing I can say is at the stores right now, um, you can bring in your own equipment to shoot on the ranges. We are not renting rental equipment quite yet. Um, we're waiting for some of the COVID standards to come down before we start again for safety. Okay, well, that's. Yeah, I, I can fully understand that. And before I let you go, Tom, I just want to make a comment that you guys joined the program last year, and uh, it's been really tremendous having you as a partner. <clears throat> and when I look at, when I get the the guy who does the buying for fishing and hunting, and he's an avid turkey hunter, and I know you do other disciplines in the outdoors, fishing and other sports, when you're that avid, then you're going to buy the types of products and the right products and put them in the stores for the people that do what you do. And when you go into your stores, if people haven't been into a Jack store, they really need to go in and meet the people. I've met people in your hunting, your, your, your gun departments, your archery departments, your fishing departments. They're so knowledgeable and it's so much fun to go in there because they really do enjoy the sport. They're, they're, they're they're outdoor enthusiasts and i see that from the top down and that really impresses me so thank you guys for everything you bring to the show tom well thanks for having us terry we enjoy our partnership with you yeah i think it's been great we're going to let you go we got to cram a lot into an hour but i think if anything people got, got people got the enthusiasm you have for turkey hunting and maybe picked up a few tips thanks for joining us this morning thanks terry you bet. Tom Frank, he's a hunter and fi- hunting and fishing buyer. I mean, the enthusiasm goes throughout the store. We're going to take a quick time out. Then we're going to take you up to State Forest State Park, and there's a few things going on up there you want to know about. On Terry Wicks from Outdoors, brought to you in part by Jack's Outdoor Gear on 104.3 The Fan. You're listening to Terry Wickstrom Outdoors on 104.3 The Fan, brought to you in part by Jack's Outdoor Gear. We're waiting for a a call from State Forest State Park, but I can kind of go through some of the things they wanted to let us know. First off, um, you know I'm a big fan of ice fishing at North Michigan Reservoir. You have about a week left, maybe a little more. There's good ice fishing going on there. There's good ice, but they're going to start draining it April 1st. They're going to have to work on the dam. So there won't be much availability for summer. I think it'll be probably not available for summer fishing. But And also, once they start drying that water, the ice could get pretty unstable. So if you want to head up to North Michigan and do some ice fishing, uh, now through the uh, 
the end of the month is probably your window. And you should be getting some pretty good bites. All right, we got uh, Alina Schaefer is on now joining us from State Forest State Park. Good morning, Alina. Good morning. How's it going? It's going pretty good. How's the weather up there? It is beautiful. Right now it's just about 45 degrees and sunny. Why don't you tell people where State Forest State Park is located and kind of describe the park? So we're about two hours up the Poudre Canyon from Fort Collins and only about 20 minutes away from Walden in Jackson County. We have about 71,000 acres of park, both um, within the mountains and the crags, and we have some really nice backcountry areas with multiple different camping spots, um, lots of different recreation opportunities. Soon we're going to be doing a bird watching thing, like you were talking about, ice fishing, and that's ice fishing in the winter and fishing in the summer as well. Let's let's talk before we'll get back to the fishing in a, in a minute. But let's talk. You have an out, you have an upcoming activity. Let's talk about that. Then I want to talk about a few of the current activities. Then I want to talk some about the camping opportunities. But first, tell tell people about this this March open house. It's kind of a it's a bird bird watching and scavenger hunt. Is that what it is? Yeah. So we have a couple events planned. Anybody is welcome to just come and watch the birds and welcome spring back as the birds are starting to migrate and so on march 27th it's called a birdathon where you um, and your family or friends can kind of come in and go through the park see how many different bird species you can find and just have bragging rights to be the winner of the birdathon and then for the kids we also have a scavenger hunt that they can go out into the park and find different things and this is on the 27th of March. I'm sure there's information on either Facebook or your website. But you also, even right now, if people come up, you have a lot of trails up there. Um, what's going on as far as snow, and do you have pretty good trail access right now? So we do have pretty good ac- trail access right now for both snowmobiling and cross-country skiing and snowshoeing. Um, I checked this morning at the visitor center. We have 14 inches of snow, so it's still okay to go snowshoeing and cross-country skiing on the Gould Loop. We've had a lot of snowmobilers in the park just trying to get in their last couple rides of the season. And and so and how many miles? Do you have any idea? I know you connect to National Forest and everything else. How many miles? Do you have any idea how many miles of trails you have? We have somewhere north of 80 or 90 motorized trails. So as far as motorized and non-motorized, I'd say it's well over 100 miles within the park. Wow. Lots of opportunity up there, and it's beautiful. I mean, out of of Fort Collins here, we just go over Cameron Pass, and we're right there. Now, as far as fishing, we've got North Michigan Lake right now. You have a lot of rivers and streams that I've fished in the park. I've fly fished them. I've conventional fished them. You also have some other fishing opportunities. Give us kind of an update on some of the other fishing opportunities. So a real popular one is Ranger Lakes, and you can still ice fish right now, but now that it's becoming spring, soon you can just conventional fish as well. And they do have an accessible dock for anyone to use, which is a great opportunity. And then we also have Alpine Lakes, so Kelly and Clear Lake up in that area is considered the backcountry, so it's a nice hike into a really pretty non-popular area if you're looking for um, something more secluded. 
And then, of course, there's the most popular trail, which is Lake Agnes as well. And then along with that, you mentioned, I want to talk, transition into the camping. You, uh, I want to talk about, the, you talked about the backcountry lakes. I want to talk about the backcountry camping. But before we get that, are, are some of your campgrounds open or when will they fully be open for campers and your, you know, your main campsites? So our main campsites will be open for Memorial Day weekend, with the exception of Craig's because it's always snowed in until later in the season. But um, we do have six cabins that are open year-round, as well as a few campsites for tent camping or bringing your trailer throughout the winter. Um, So, yeah, everything will be open for Memorial Day weekend. Now, on the traditional campsites, you're on the new reservation system, so you have to have a reservation, right? You can make it online or by phone, is that right? Yeah, yeah, and you can go to our website and find that information under camping cabins and yurts. Okay. And now you, I know one of your favorite things to bring up there is the tremendous amount of backcountry camping you have. And there's just, a, not only if you're going up to fish or hike, but you just have a tremendous amount of opportunity. Tell me about the backcountry camping up there. So we are the only park with backcountry access within the state. And I think with everything going on in the world, it's a really great opportunity for somebody who's kind of new to backpacking to try out a non-traditional way of camping, per se. Now, the only thing when you go backpacking within our backcountry is you can't have a fire, but you can bring your cook stove. And, um, I mean, you can go three miles in or ten miles in. So there's a little bit of everything for everyone. So, yeah, I mean, you can... And do you have to have a reserved campsite, or you just find an area, hike in, find an area you want to camp is kind of open? Yeah, so we do have boundaries within the park that allows backcountry camping. We do ask that you either log in on one of our registers or that you come into the Moose Visitor Center and just let us know, the rangers know, that you're going to be back in the country. And um, that way, if anything happens, we know where to find you. But there's no but you reservation, just, per se. And no assigned campsites. You just kind of find an area. And you said you can walk as little as two, three miles, or you can go 10 miles in. And I'm, I've been up in the park, and the terrain varies. You could hike up to one of the alpine lakes, or, or you could just go to find a secluded area. And while you're there, I'll guarantee you, you're going to see a ton of wildlife and, and probably going to see a moose. You have just a lot of moose up there. We do. We have about 800 in the North Park area. And, I mean, I just saw a moose yesterday evening leaving work outside the Moose Visitor Center. And um, foxes are popular right now, as well as birds. So, yeah, there's great wildlife watching opportunities here in the park. Well, if people want more information on any of this, I'm sure, is it, is it better to go to your website or your Facebook page? It is better to go to our website, and that's CPW, and you can search for State Forest State Park. All right. Well, thank you for joining us. I hope a lot of people will get up and take advantage of all the opportunities. It's one of my favorite places in the state. Thank you, Alina. Thank you for having me. You bet. The State Forest State Park, if you haven't spent time up there, uh, just go drive up there and, and look around. It's fantastic. There's so much to do. It's just a great area. We'll take a quick time out. When we come back, we're going to talk about helping you get your big game applications in on Terry Wickstrom Outdoors, presented in part by Jack's Outdoor Gear on 104.3 The Fan. 
You're listening to Terry Wickstrom Outdoors, brought to you in part by Jack's Outdoor Gear. 65 years old, still going out and having fun. That's Jack's. Stop by one of their stores up and down the front range. Let's go right to the phones. And joining us from Colorado Parks and Wildlife is Kristen Cannon. Good morning, Kristen. Good morning, Terry. It's What a beautiful day it is, isn't it? It is. It makes you think that spring might be here. Uh, today is officially the first day of spring, so hopefully we're turning the corner on that and we got summer coming. So now we're going to talk big game hunting. It seems like, but there's a very important date coming up, isn't there? That's right. We're in the middle of our big game application season for the primary draw, and those are due on April 6th. Now, we've had a, we've had a the big game hunting in Colorado is extremely popular. We've had a number of people get back into the outdoors. We have new hunters in addition to the experienced ones coming on board. We've had a few changes in the regulations over the last few years on how you apply and how you plan your hunt. And we had the fires that impacted some areas last year. So other than that, it's nothing's really changed over the last 10 years, right? <laughs> that's right that's right it's just you know everything stays the same and it's it's just totally straightforward and easy yeah now all kidding aside you know contrary to what i see about fishing i always say when i have a bad day fishing that i blame you guys because it certainly couldn't be my lack of skill but <laughs> but you really do want people to have successful outdoor uh experiences and you want them now you you know the Big game hunting is something you're not probably going to harvest an animal every year, but you want to help them have the best chance for success they can. You really do. And you have resources in place to help them do that. And that's what we're going to kind of do today is tell them the resources. I think before I let you start talking about the different resources, we probably should set the stage, though, that because of COVID, you're really going to discourage people coming in in person, right? Yeah, all of our offices are open and, you know, we're we're helping people in person in those offices. But as we're still dealing with some COVID restrictions, we're trying to encourage people to use the phones and email as much as they can. Uh, a lot of problems we can solve over the phone. A lot of uh, information we can give you uh, over the phone is really the best. And, and while customers are still welcome to come in, we just want them to be cognizant that there might be longer waits. We might ask them to wait in their car, and we're going to be really cognizant of making sure that we don't have too many people in the building at the same time. Well, and that's perfectly understandable under today's conditions. So what are some of the resources that are available? So, you know, the the best start and where most hunters start is with the actual big game brochure. So those are, you know, mailed to anybody who had a license or applied last year. And they're also available at Jack's and other, you know, places where you would buy a hunting license. And so that's a huge resource. There's a lot of information in the Big Game brochure, of course, but it's got just about everything you should need. But in addition to that, we've got some great online tutorials. We've done some Facebook Live events as well as recorded some YouTube videos on our YouTube channel. And some of those are just basic introductory tutorials. Uh, seminars that can tell you exactly how to navigate our big game application process through this primary draw and and what hunt codes mean and and how you can decide where to go and what to put in for and what to put as your first and second choice and and so forth so 
that's where I would start if this is my first year applying for a big game license or maybe it's my fifth, but I still don't really feel like I've got a good grasp of it. I would watch some of those videos. They're, they're, some of them are short, some of them are long, but it's a great introduction for just you know laying out simply how you can apply for a deer, elk, pronghorn, moose, bear, or even sheep and goat license. Well, and I think that in addition to how to apply, you have so many resources that help you decide where to hunt and teach you to be more successful. You've got harvest information, topographical information. Um, there's there's videos on how to field dress animals. There are so many online resources to help make it a safe, pleasant hunt in addition to helping you try to be as successful as you can. But some people just, they just like to have that back and forth with somebody. Um, I do so much stuff online. We all use YouTube now, and those are great resources. And you have tremendous ones there. And, of course, the brochure is helpful. But what about if I just want to talk to somebody? What's available by phone? Yeah, so if you are if you just need help in planning your hunt, you know, trying to decide which hunt code to put in for or what you want to do, we've got uh, a number for hunt planners, and they can help you kind of navigate that. And, and that phone number is 303 303- Two nine one seven five two six, and they can they can help walk through that. If if you're having an issue, say with your with your online account, you can't remember your password, or you are having trouble getting the online system to recognize your residency, then you can just call really any of our offices, um, and and even the Denver office, which the number for that is is three zero three two nine seven. 1192 but any of our service centers and and all those phone numbers are on the inside cover of the big game uh the big game application um uh brochure brochure all of those are yeah or online but really any of our offices can help navigate some of that and make and get you get you straightened out and so that's that's what i would do if i needed help or just wanted to talk to somebody and because sometimes you just have that one question, you can't find it in the brochure, you just need an answer quick, and that's that's the best way to go. Well, and like you said, sometimes you get frustrated on a computer, there's some simple little thing you want to resolve, um, like I, I, my preference points don't seem right, and it's, yeah. it can be hard to navigate, but they can help you and clear it up. And And those guys, I've had them on the show with me in past years, and they are so good at saying, okay, what's your level of experience? What kind of mm-hmm. equipment do you have? Where would you like to hunt? What type of a hunting experience? They really understand what they're doing, and they'll help you through it. So there are tremendous resources. And like I said, you have to set your expectations. But you guys really want people to be as successful as possible, don't you? Absolutely. And we, we, want, we understand that, that our draw and our application can be a little confusing, especially to first-time hunters. And we want to make sure that when you submit your application, it is for what you want, that you don't have any questions, that it's clear. And, and so you know, right now we're really geared up to make sure that the application is as successful as possible and you end up with the license that you want or at least you got your preference point and you you know you had the best chance possible for getting the license that you want. So that's really and our it, goal right now is to is to get people in the draw and, and clear up any confusion they might have. And if you have any people who um, 
don't draw. There's a, we'll cover this in upcoming weeks. We don't have time now, but there's secondary draws, and there's certainly over-the-counter licenses for elk. So there are a lot of opportunities to get a big game tag and get out there and do some hunting. And Colorado has a very robust population of most big games. So you have great opportunities if you put in the work. If you just, and then that's a key I always emphasize. But any last comments? We have to let you go here, but any last comments, Kristen? Uh, no, just good luck to everybody, and don't don't wait wait till the last minute. The sooner you can get your application in, the sooner we can clear up anything for you or help you with any questions you might have, and the the sooner you can be confident that you've got your application in and you're going to draw the license you want. All right, thank you so much for joining us. Okay, thank you, Terry. You bet. That's Kristen Cannon from Parks and Wildlife. Get that done now. Don't wait because there's. Sometimes there's a huge rush on resources at the end because people wait. makes it very difficult sometimes. So get your planning done now. And we're going to start covering some of that. I'm sure Nate will start talking about it. He covers big game year-round. We will talk about more of this on the show as we go. We're going to take a time out. When we come back, we're going to take you out to um, Colorado Clays, and we're going to talk about getting that turkey gun, getting your ammo, and getting patterned right now. All that more on Terry Wickstrom Outdoors. Presented by Jack's Outdoor Gear on 104.3 The Fan. Terry Wickstrom Outdoors is brought to you in part by Jack's Outdoor Gear. They have stores up and down the front range, including Cheyenne. If you're an outdoor enthusiast and you've never stopped by one, you need to go there. And speaking of stopping by someplace, if you've never been there, you need to go to Colorado Clays. And joining us from Colorado Clays is J.R. Pierce. Good morning, J.R. Hey, good morning, Terry. This weather almost make you, well, now it's nice, but did last week almost make you want to get the ice fishing gear out again? It certainly did. Uh, just the, the water being so soft took my mind off of it. <laughs> <laughs> hey, um, first question before we get into it, we're going to talk some turkey hunting patterning, but before, are you guys open after the snowstorm? And, and tell people a little bit about what's available. All right. Well, thank you, Terry. And I think I'll start with this reminder to everyone about Colorado Clay Shooting Park. Uh, In 2021 and for the last 25 years, Terry, Colorado Clays has been open year-round and providing open-to-the-public access to recreational, competitive, corporate, and fundraising shooting opportunities um, to, you know, everyone in Colorado's front range. And this, of course, includes our rifle, our pistol, trap, training traps, skeet, wobble traps, sporting clays, training areas, meeting rooms, classes, clinics, and, you know, much, much more that we talk about all the time. But throughout the course of a year, Terry, it does seem that we're always helping a particular group of folks with their specific needs and goals in the firearms and shooting world. And now the particular group we are helping, as you said, is the lucky folks that are going on a turkey hunt this spring. And what we offer is the Colorado Clay shotgun pattern area. And this is perhaps the most valuable tool, uh, and it's available to everyone for their hunt preparation. Now, we had um, we had the guys from Jack's on. We had their hunting and fishing buyer um, on, and he was, uh, Tom Frink is his name, and he's an avid turkey hunter. And he was telling me, that guns, it looks like they're getting enough guns in, they'll be able to meet the supply. It's not overwhelming. They can get decoys, they get calls, but ammunition, go back to last year, turkey loads were not only being bought by t- turkey hunters, 
but they were being bought by pheasant hunters as that ammunition ran low and by people buying self-defense loads. So he's a little concerned about ammunition. He thinks you need to get it now. And I think one thing you and I have stressed, and I want you to go over this, is if you're going to turkey hunt, you need to get enough ammunition to pattern your gun with the ammunition you're going to hunt with. Absolutely, Terry. And, you know, so, you know, Colorado Clays, for example, we're currently stocking most of the popular calibers and uh, gauges of ammunition for the folks to use at our range. But we don't particularly have uh, turkey or waterfowl loads here. Our stuff is geared more towards the type of shooting we do here. Um, Now, a lot of folks are going to have to make some compromises on their turkey hunting loads. And I've talked to a bunch of them, and I've been working with a bunch of them out here. And, you know, if you don't have the preferred ammo, it's really even more important to see how the ammo you have performs with your gun and choke combination, Terry. And even though our patterning area, we talk about how great it is for point of aim, point of impact, and pattern diameters, uh, yardages, and all that, but when you're making a compromise on a load, it is so much more important to come out and find out what your load will do and know your limitations and do some adjustments to the combination of stuff you have to get the maximum effective load at the maximum range. So uh, even more important this year to come out and uh, make use of what you have and make sure that it's going to perform the best that it can. Now, if I'm looking, I find some ammunition that looks like it's what I'm going to have to use. How much, you know, I don't know, they're going to have to decide how much they're going to have to buy for hunting, but how how much do I need typically how many shots to pattern my shotgun? Am I going to shoot five or six? Am I going to shoot a dozen? Am I going to shoot 20? Or is it really all over the board? Terry, it's really all over the board. And the reason is uh, some folks have, either have or have purchased, more options, meaning they have multiple guns or they have multiple chokes for each gun or they have multiple uh, different types of ammunition ammunition to test with those guns and chokes. So the more um, options you have, generally, the more shots you're going to take with your given stuff. Most folks want to come out and do one thing. They want to confirm that the gun is shooting where they're aiming, number one. Number two, they want to see what the maximum range they can shoot and still have enough pellets on target to do the job at hand. So it's really very individual. The key is just to get out here uh, and learn what your combination will do. And, Tara, there's just so many other aspects, and one this year that maybe we have or have not talked about is just gun mount drills. Um, We get out here, we get going, and a lot of times with folks, they forget the safety, forget this. Going through the sequence of events that you're going to have occur in the field here at Colorado Clays on the pattern board can sometimes be the difference between uh, saving a flub up in the field. And so just going through that sequence of your shooting position, your gun mount, your, your sight picture, your safety, and trigger squeeze <clears throat> seems so basic. But when you get out in the field, get excited, or even when you're going through the sequence here, we need that to be routine and rhythm. And uh, just coming out here to do that alone is worth its weight in gold. Yeah, you know, I, I had one 
fellow tell me one time that he never got excited or buck fever when he hunts. I said, well, why do you hunt? I mean, every one of us, I've been an outdoorsman for more years than I care to say, because I'm only 35, and I think I've been hunting for like 50 or 60 or something. But um, right. <laughs> but if you don't get excited, why would you do it? I mean, it, uh, it's going to happen, and, and it should happen. But if you practice enough with any shooting sport, you need to get those fundamentals to be muscle memory, and that's a great, great tip. I have about two minutes left, and I want to – do you have – if people are out searching for ammunition – do you have anything that's come up during the turkey patterning board that you kind of recommend or that you think they should stay away from that people have tried? Uh, well, Perry, I, I mean, obviously find the, the shot size closest to what you're going to be using in the field. Uh, the average, you know, most popular size is going to be five shot, but we do see four shot and six shot. And then, of course, we see some blends that give you pattern density and energy at longer ranges. So, of course, find the shot size closest to what you would prefer and probably in those ranges will be the best. And then come on out and the ammo you have, the amount of shot charge and your combination will tell you um, how your gun is going to perform and what your maximum ranges will be. And really, the best advice I can do is get the best you can, the closest you can to what you want. And if everything works out right, Terry, of course, we only need that one shot. So come out, test the gun. A five-pack of shells may be all you need, and hopefully is. But come out and test a couple shots to make sure you know what your gun will do. Yeah, if you find some ammunition you're going to hunt with, the number one advice I think you and I would both give them is make sure you buy enough to pattern it, to shoot it, and to hunt with. Because you you don't want to go out there, use all those shells, patterning it, and then have to go buy something else to hunt with because you'll be starting over from zero again. Any last comments before we let you go? Well, Terry, we're here. Uh, We have a beautiful day, and uh, I'd encourage everyone to come out and see us if you have not before. Uh, Feel free to give us a call, 303-659-7117 with any questions, or just go to our website, coloradoclays.com, and take a virtual tour of the facility, uh, look over upcoming events, see what we do, and uh, we'll look forward to seeing everyone. Well, then we'll have to, you and I have to get back on the water to see if you can outfish me once. Once? So. Yeah. Okay. Oh, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> well, my friend, we do have to get back out. We've had some good outings, and that's another thing. If you go out to Colorado Clays, don't start talking fishing with JR. You won't get to pattern your shotgun. It you'll might spend just the take whole a little longer. Talking. That's all, Terry. Okay. All right, my friend. Thank you so much for joining us today. All right. Thanks, Terry. You bet. That's JR from Colorado Clays. We're going to wrap things up here. Um, Our show today, because we have the NCAA basketball tournament, I'm told we're going to have a full two-hour show next week. Is that right, Karen? She's she's got a thumbs up and her fingers crossed that it looks like that's what's going on. I missed last week and with this one, but we intend to be back full. Um, I I got a feeling we're going to really get into the open water fishing next week. We're going to have a lot of our regulars on. They're going to have put their toe in the water a little bit. They're going to tell us what's going on. Some of the boat ramps are opening. We're going to go over techniques for walleyes and trout. There's still some ice fishing going on. The right places, it's good ice fishing for big fish, but it's probably not going to last a whole lot longer. So we'll catch you up to date on all of that. All of that next week, we'll have a regular. But join us. Every week from 9 to 11, unless we have a short show, for Terry Wickstrom Outdoors, 
Follow us on Facebook. We're going to start trivia again. We've got some prizes. You've got to follow us on Facebook because we will give the trivia answers out on our Facebook page. That's Terry Wickstrom Outdoors on Facebook. Thanks to Karen. Thanks to Kyle for keeping this show rolling. We will see you next week. We'll let the Eagles take us to the top of the hour and NCAA basketball.